Good morning to you. We'll be dipping in and out of the weather right throughout the day. We'll be starting with it. We'll also be looking at protests to stop the Ballyban area. We're looking at grief awareness on today's programme. And the CEO of Throker joins us on today's programme also. MEP Luke Ming-Flanagan joins us. We're looking at Micah and is he going to go again in the European elections? We'll have trending topics for you today. Public Idea is seeking your assistance. We'll be looking at the funding of the public service broadcasting side of things. All of that and more, plus music from the wonderful Bog Project. That and more between 12 midday. Good morning to you. Now, very good morning to you. Welcome into today's programme. Don't know about you, but I uh, was up this morning and uh, about half past five, the wind just turned and... Uh, let us go directly to Derek Pender, Director of Services for Galway County Council. We'll be talking to Patrick Green later in the programme from the uh, city there, evaluating indeed high tides and winds and all, and he'll have details for us as the programme progresses uh, today. Uh, but Derek Pender joins me on the line. Derek, good morning to you. Just getting over one and there's another one on the way. Good morning, Keith. Yeah, um, it never rains, but it pours at, at the moment. Um, so yeah, obviously we're still in the middle of the clean-up after uh, the storm on Sunday evening. Um, just in terms of that, just want to confirm that the incident with the 110 kV power line, um, which caused a road blockage in Carnmore for most of yesterday, that has been rectified Good. and the road was reopened late last night. So I just want to give a shout out to the, the council crews and the ESB crews there that were there for nearly 24 hours responding to that. But yeah, look, the cleanup is still going on after Sunday. Um, again, I will ask for patience and let the crews get to any remaining roadblocks, although we are down to single digits at this stage. Um, they will make the roads passable today. I'd say all the roads will be open by midday today. Please, please do not try and move trees, as I said yesterday. There, yeah. there, there are power cables entangled in them, and it's just a health and safety issue. And the, the crews are trained to do that, so please don't try and do it yourselves. And Keith, unfortunately, Met Aaron have informed the council that from 5pm this evening until midnight, Galway is going to be on a status orange weather alert for wind. Now, obviously, with that comes some severe potential impacts. So, um, again, we're just warning people to watch out for large coastal waves and overtopping. That be in the usual hotspots of Spiddle, Ornmore, Clarenbridge and Kinvara. Um, we will experience very difficult travelling conditions, so please do not travel unless you have to. Um, you're going to. There will be more fallen trees damage the power lines and very importantly damage people might to already weakened structures after yeah. Sunday night so the trees roots could have been compromised and weakened so the storm Jocelyn coming tonight could be the storm that actually is going to just tip them over so please travel only if it is essential to do so just in relation to um travel I mean what, what time is it going to orange again did you say from, from so it's going to, it's going to go to orange from 5 p.m Keith but what I will say on that is start exercising caution from half three four o'clock because on Sunday again similarly the red alert wasn't kicking until five but we were getting notifications uh, via our map alerter system from half three of trees that are down and just on that map alerter Keith I alluded to it yesterday Public can go on. If you go on to mapalerter.ie forward slash Galway, you will get real-time data of the incidents as they are happening. And you will also get the real-time data when the, the block, when the incident has been cleared. Right. So you'll get a text to say that a tree is down wherever it is and you'll get the coordinates of it. And you'll also get a follow-up text later to to clarify that the road is, is open again. So it's a very, very good uh, 
source of information and of course then Claire and Aoife will be continuing to update all the social media platforms as the night goes on as well. And just are we in any status now because I mean as, as I was saying to the listeners just at the very beginning from about 20 past 5, half past 5 it really kicked off today and the rain has been yeah, extremely Yeah, we're, we're, we're in the yellow um, and it is very windy outside the office window here and um, so that's going to upgrade to an orange at 5 o'clock this evening. And in terms of that, then we'll have a clearer indication at 10 o'clock this morning. Uh, the National Directorate for Fire and Emergency Management are holding a national mess air and technical briefing. And after that, then at midday today, I'll be chairing the, the local severe weather assessment team meeting and the local coordination group meeting, which brings in all our blue light services and our HSE and our ambulance services. And that's just to arrange, like we did on Saturday and Sunday, just gone by, that's just to arrange and coordinate the response effort for this evening. It's quite technical, isn't it, really, when you look at it, Derek? And, I mean, from talking to Patrick Green this morning, I mean, they're collating their information uh, for that meeting that you're chairing later on. And again, what they're, yeah. trying to, what, they're, what they're trying to do is take the winds coming in, trying to take high tide, yeah. see if they're going to sink together. If they do, they'll be flooding and they'll have to yeah. close Toft Park. So, I mean, no more than what you're saying to me, from listening to Patrick Green this morning from Galway City Council when I was talking to him, it's very technical and it's, you have to get it right. But we're lucky in that regard that modern technology allows us to to get a fair indication of what exactly is going to happen. And it it does, it it allows us to be proactive as opposed to reactive to these situations, whereas historically it would have been purely reactive. So as Patrick would have alluded to, the city would have extensive data on tidal surges and wind directions and all that for obvious reasons. And they, they can be very proactive in the way they deploy then their resources this evening to, 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 to counter what the storm is going to bring with it. Yeah, we'll be touching base with them in the 11 o'clock hour just to see where we're going from there. So, uh, again, if they want to uh, go to that website, um, mapalerter.ie forward slash Galway. And you can you put your telephone number there and you get the texts as they come in. Exactly, as well. exactly. And also, like I said, Claire and Aoife here in the county hall will be updating all the social media platforms as well. So anything that kind of goes up on Map Alerter will be replicated uh, by the girls over there on the social media platforms. Well done to Claire and Aoife. And do you know what? I just hope everyone keeps safe and, and a little bit of common sense kicks in, as it did on Sunday, I have to say, yeah. uh, for a lot of people. No, it's very important this evening, Keith, just to reiterate, a lot of trees and a lot of structures could have been weakened by the storm on Sunday night. And the storm tonight, whilst the wind gusts may not get as high, it may be the one that will uproot the trees and it may be the one that will pull the roof off the shed. So be very, very careful out there tonight. Please only travel if you have to. Somebody just texted, will they be closing schools early today? That's not up to you. That's up to each individual school then from there. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, just liaise with the school uh, from there. Exactly, exactly. But again, if you were saying get off the road by half, three, four o'clock, uh, a lot that, of schools look, are closed. That, that's that's our advice, just to be very careful. Um, things things could have been compromised from Sunday night and yeah. tonight could be the night that they'll they'll come down. Yeah. We might check with you in, in checking with you again, but thank you so much for joining us. And to Derek Pender, and we'll be talking to Patrick uh, Green uh, later in the programme as well once he gets uh, other data coming into him uh, today. And again, the key message is just take what uh, Derek has said there. Try and arrange that you're, you're off the road, say, by four o'clock, half four at the latest uh, today. Uh, and just be very careful of trees coming down. Um, it's just that there's a lot of debris, there's a lot of broken uh, trees and branches and all that around the place. So just take it nice and handy. Quick commercial break and we're back and we're looking at the Ballyban situation indeed. And some of the protests for um, near the for a, a centre indeed for 
people who want to reside within it, which hasn't been agreed by the department, by the way, and we said that last week and we had confirmation of it. Uh, they haven't entered into negotiations and or otherwise, but the protests uh, continue in the Ballyban area in that regard. Uh, that and more next. Now, there's been much discussion on this programme in relation to a building being prepared um, for asylum seekers, indeed, in the Ballyban area. Yet, um, we have been, it has been confirmed to us by the department and by others uh, that there's absolutely no contract signed and or otherwise uh, for the building in question. Uh, but one resident, a Ballyban resident indeed, has called for the community to stop protesting and to extend the hand of friendship to people. And uh, he lives in the Ballyban area. He's a former indeed candidate in the uh, local elections. He's not going for election this year. And his name is Tommy Roddy and he sits opposite me uh, today. Tommy, good morning to you again. Thanks for joining. Morning, Keith. I'll just bring you right over there if you don't mind. Um, you walked by um, the area, it's near the gala shop, so it is in Ballyban there. Now, no contracts are in place on this, um, but they're still protesting there. Yeah, um, well, it's basically just across the road from where I live. I live in Castle Park, so um, it's um, where where this building is. Anyone who's familiar with that area, um, it's literally Castle Park is across the road from that building. Yeah. So there's a local gala shop that I go to, and I walked past last night about half six or so, and there are about ten people there. Now there was a bigger crowd on Saturday. Yeah. And they had some speakers there as well. Um, so I, I don't know the level of the support there is uh, for this protest. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm a resident in Castle Park. I, I can actually see that building from the back of my house. And I just wanted to basically put it out there that, um, that I, for one, now I don't know how many more of us there are. You, you might get an idea from the comments coming in. But um, I'm totally opposed to these protests, and um, basically, that's it. Um, so, so are you asking the people then in question to stop the protesting until such time as it's determined what is going to happen to that building? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I grew up in Balladrine in Roscommon, and um, in 2017, there was a similar thing. There was a hotel in the town had been closed down, and... Locals in the town were obviously hoping that the hotel would reopen. But then there was this proposal. They were going to bring in 200 uh, Syrians mm. at the time. And some people in the town voiced their concerns about it. And um, it was picked up by the national media at the time. And But then another group of people kind of got together and said, well, OK, we, we, we weren't consulted. There was no consultation then, you know, and that seems to be the way these things go, um, you know. That's uh, an, an entirely different matter. Mm. But a group of people got together and I actually went down to the very first meeting. It was held in the town and there were about 100 people at it. And basically from that then, a group of people got together and they decided, OK, we're going to help help these people. We're, we're going to get involved. We're going to go into the centre, going to befriend these people, help them out in whatever ways. And um, basically, the people who were protesting at the time, or, there were no protests at the time, but just at the time, some people had voiced uh, concerns about it. But those voices faded away. And the whole thing, in my view, has been very successful. And that group of people won uh, the Volunteer uh, People of the Year Awards then in 2018. Mm. And um, that's been, the centre is still open um, to this day. And it's still, it's one of these orientation centres that the the people going through it, they don't stay there for long. 
uh, they come into the country, they're, they're, they're processed in this centre and uh, they're helped out in whatever way they can. And that's been going on right to this day. But you see, I think, and I, and I had a meeting with somebody yesterday who's far more learned than I am, and, and they're working in this field, and they know a lot more than I do, but they did educate me yesterday, uh, very much so. Uh, I think there's a, there's a lot of information out there that people are not taking in, they're not soaking in, uh, that some of the people that are coming in um, to the country are coming for education and or otherwise, but it's... The communication is bad on it. That's kind of yeah, put it that I, way. I agree with you. There, communication is bad, and when there's no communication, and this is this is the, the the kernel, I think, of the issue. When there's a vacuum, then other people come along. But there's um, there's a thing about this which I don't like, and which I which I hate. I'll be quite honest with you. Um, there's a Facebook group which I'm not going to name. Please don't. And, and that seems to be the centre for the where these protests are organised and I would refer to it as a vile uh, Facebook group the the comments that are in it and one of the things one of the initial posts that I saw in it the person who put it there um, referred to a plantation that was one word that was used and there is, there is this thing then about unvetted males mm. you know and when you hear this thing unvetted males that's if you like uh, another word for or um, danger, you know, these people are dangerous, you know. Um, I, I, I'll give you an example. The Glasson Student Village, which is across the road from the ATU, mm-hmm. there are students, young students there, male and female. Uh, so let's take, for instance, the male students. They'd be in their late teens, early 20s. The vast majority of them would not be guard-vetted, I would imagine, simply because unless they were involved in some kind of volunteering in their community. But we don't say there's a centre with un- unvetted males. We say there's a student centre. So why don't we say this is a, a, a proposed centre for refugees? Mm. But it's this thing about unvetted. And I, I, I think the elected representatives, not just in the east of the city, but all over the, the city, I, I have to hear one of them or even any of the future candidates to come out and, and actually say, let's support this idea. You know, I think it's... Well, kind of, but you see, there is a misunderstanding there, and we, we covered it last week on the programme. You cannot leave Dublin Airport without being fingerprinted, photographed, uh, your background checked and all of that. Yes, they come in without documentation. And people say, why do they get in without documentation? And again, boring into it, as I've done over the last couple of weeks, apparently lots of people that are coming into this country are fleeing their own countries for fear of war. And they, they cannot have personal papers to get out of where they're coming from. So what they do is they buy a fake passport yeah. on the understanding that once they get on that plane and wherever they're going to land from there, that passport is torn up because the people who gave them the passport have said that if you don't tear it up, we're going to find you and kill you because those passports will be, they're fake passports. Re- reissued, yeah. Yeah, they're going to be reissued again. Yeah. So that's why they can't. Yeah. And a lot of the people that have come in through Dublin that have been fingerprinted and photographed and otherwise uh, have gone on to education. Yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. I have a friend in Balladrine that I keep in contact with. Um, he's been volunteering with the centre down there. And actually, the lady that you had on the programme here yesterday mm. was trying to fundraise to get her, her family mom out of Syria. Yeah. She's actually working in that centre right, yeah. in, in the town. But my friend was very involved with the volunteering. And he has told me that the people that are there, um, there hasn't been one single antisocial um event or criminal event caused by these refugees in the town Mm. and he actually even said to me that um, 
the people from the centre, the refugees, they're they're the people that are actually out doing the tidy towns. Like you see, the thing about this building in Ballyban as well is it's empty. It's been empty for a number of years, and that whole area there, the the Ballyban neighbourhood um, area where this is, that has featured um, highly, unfortunately, in these anti litter. Um, the eyeballs, you, you know, it's stories, a little yeah. black spot. Yeah, you know, so you have a disused building that's there. You know, we have the thing about Ross Gray. I have, I actually have a certain amount of sympathy for the people there. That was a hotel that was open and that was closed down. But this is an empty building, mm. you know, in an area that's been neglected. So why, so why not actually bring it back into life and um, integrate people into the community? Absolutely, I- integrate people. But there is no contract there. No, there is no contract. There's no expression of interest. There's no, no contract. There's builders working late into the night. It could be a, it could be a student village. It could be student accommodation. It could be, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, and and that's the problem. And a sphere. And what I hate about it is the people who are behind this. They 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 play on people's fears. As you, you the, s- the people that are, are are putting out false information. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you're not talking about the developer, the owner no, of the no. property. No, no, okay. no, no. So no I need people, to clarify that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The people who are putting out um, the false information. The people behind these protests. You know, people people are, are concerned. I, I remember hearing about Balhadrine at the time and uh, like I'm gone out of Balhadrine a long time. But the people, you know, they had genuine concerns. You hear about, you know, it was the same thing at, at that time. Young men, um, you know, where are they coming from? But you see, what people are losing in this is, is the humanity. You know, these people have experienced massive trauma in their lives and they come into this country and they... Uh, they're met with this, and um, last night, I don't know if you saw um, up front with Katie Hannon, she actually discussed this topic, and mm-hmm. this town in Kerry, Savine, population 1,000, they have taken in 500 people, which is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Now, that's way too much. Balhadrin, population 2,000, took in 200. So why can't Galway, and our, this small area in Galway, take in 150, if that is what is going to happen? And as we, we all know at this stage, Nobody knows. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting conversation we're having, Tommy Roddy, so it is. But I mean, again, I reiterate and we'll we'll get clarity on it and we'll get on to um, the department again and our colleagues in news can do that and they've done it uh, all along. But as of now, there is no, there was, there is plan, a, a fire cert application, all right, for it to be used for emergency accommodation. But what who the emergency accommodation is or what the emergency accommodation is, uh, isn't specified in that uh, fire cert application so I, I don't know but it's, it's an interesting conversation that we're having and what you're saying is broaden the mind rather yeah, than a- absolutely and I'll be interested and you, you will know by your comments you know is there support for what I'm saying because I do not believe that there is full support for these protesters in Ballyban you know I, 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 I think even the, the protesters themselves a lot of them they're actually misled you know, some of them may be unhappy about certain things, services and stuff like that, but to actually take it out in such a way, it's it's actually misdirected anger, is is, is my view of the whole thing. Mm. Uh, the caller said, uh, Galway has its share, sure, um, aren't they in Ballybrit already? And this caller said, somebody else then uh, has disagreed altogether with you, and uh, we're, we are taking so many in and uh, they are dangerous no proper paperwork a lot of crimes in Dublin are committed by these people but where is the information for that? Yeah absolutely Where is yeah. the information like that's a very strong statement Yeah and, and what I would call that statement is misinformation 
misinformation. You know, saying these people are dangerous. You know, where where is the proof? Where is the evidence for this? I heard about Ross Gray um, there last week. Um, I just saw a, a report that the guards actually said that they have taken in a certain amount of refugees and Ukrainians uh, already. And they have stated that there has been no increase in crime as a, as a result of these people. You know, where is the evidence for this? There is no evidence. Mm. Yeah, I know there's this, uh, all this coming in. Keith, I'm sorry, but um, why should Ballyban take them in? Tommy Roddy is, uh, is in it, and I don't, um, if I didn't catch his name, these men, women, uh, whatever the case may be, coming, may be coming from a war-torn um, country. The minute they come here, they get social welfare cards, etc. If that man feels so strongly about taking them in, let him take them into his house. Please don't mention my name, though, uh, from there. And uh, good morning, Keith, this uh, caller said. Just to be clear, uh, good morning, Keith, and uh, to your listeners, Ashling Kyo here, um, a candidate for Fine Gael in the Gulf of Cities. Just to be clear, and to those who wish to spread misinformation and distort the narrative by turning my presence in Ballyban last Saturday into something it is not. I and other people, I spoke with the, uh, with the sorry, I spoke and received representation uh, in the Ballyban area. I have absolutely no issue with anybody fleeing conflict uh, to seek asylum or protection in this country or, and Galway City or any other area either. We have approximately 55 nationalities through Galway City East who are an integral part of our growing and vibrant community. I sought clarity on the intent of the protest before I attended to which I was told with certainty there was no issue at all with families or mixed accommodation as long as people are vetted. The concern for those people who spoke with me was the lack of support, information and communication surrounding the unconfirmed reports and the possibility that a large group of men may be housed together in the area. Vetting again was stressed as the main concern for anyone coming into the area. Communication and the presence is a very simple tool to alleviate uh, misunderstandings and misinformation, fears and unrest. I requested this information from government officials to share with the residents and I'm still waiting on saying. Thus, it would alleviate an awful lot of the issues. The department, as you know, issued a statement to say they were not contacted regarding this property. However, residents still have concerns and were very frustrated due to the lack of information and the communication from the local authorities and others. The community from my interactions simply wanted to have their concerns addressed and questions answered. And um, another caller said, fair play to Tommy, you're talking sense from there. And hi Keith, please don't mention my name, uh, but um, well done to Tommy for what he's saying there. And there's other calls coming in there as well. Tommy, I have to leave it at that uh, today, but it certainly is... Um, it's, it's, have- it's a hot topic. Well, we have to keep the topic going. And, and I, I, it's an emotional topic. It is. And I have somebody, hopefully, tomorrow morning, I met them yesterday. And I, excuse me, I have somebody, hopefully, excuse me, <coughs> I have somebody tomorrow morning that will actually take us on the journey hmm. of the person getting off the plane in Dublin airport and where, where they get to. Yeah. So they're going to take us on that journey. Yeah. And, uh, and, and before we finish, Keith, can I just mention one thing? My friend in Balladrine uh, mentioned, does it, uh, and I would actually... Uh, encourage people to view it. It's a video called Abdullah's Eyes and it's a man who came from Syria. He spent some time in Balhadrin and it talks about his journey coming from that country and I would just ask people to look it up. It's about 40 minutes or so and, you know, I'm not saying people don't have empathy for these people but sometimes I think we need to we need to really look at these people and look okay. at the trauma they experience. 
All right, listen, thanks for joining us uh, today. Uh, Tommy Roddy joining us in studio. Do you agree or disagree? It's it's your line. You can just text us 86 That's 86 as long as it's not inflammatory and or otherwise I can read the comments. If they're inflammatory, we can't read them. Quick commercial break. We're back just after these. A very good morning to you. Yeah, very good morning to you. Welcome into today's programme. Just looking at some of uh, the texts coming in. Keep them coming into us. 86 Now, I want to go to Amanda Roberts, who's the National Bereavement Development Manager at the Irish Hospice Foundation, because new research has revealed that Irish people's experience of grief support, uh, say the Irish Hospice Foundation, and they're launching their National Grief Awareness Week as well. And it's a very sensitive subject, no more than the previous subject we had as well, but uh, Amanda joins you on the line. Amanda, good morning to you. Thanks a million for having me on today. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I might just get you a little bit closer to your phone there, Amanda, if you don't mind. Um, just, I mean, yeah, yeah, no worries. Gr- grief is um, grief is a very broad word, and the way people deal with grief, every single person is different. They are, they are, and I suppose a part of our um, the, so the Irish Hospice Foundation, we're kind of a national charity dedicated to addressing death and dying bereavement. A part of our work, I suppose, in the bereavement team is around kind of this idea of um, ensuring that people get the care and support they need when they need it. So that's kind of why we do campaigns like the National Grief Awareness Week. And one of the things we try to do is about raising awareness and creating a space for people to kind of talk about grief and find out a little bit more information about grief. I suppose this week we're running the whole campaign there for this week. And we do this kind of through a load of different avenues. We do social media and we do it through events we're having on Thursday. And so some of our key messages to the public would be things like I suppose learning how grief can affect us what we can do to help us cope and how we can help others who might be we might be supporting who's bereaved and another thing we try and get across is around like most of us do cope with uh, bereavement with the support from our family and friends so it's the right support and then some for lots of different reasons need a little bit support outside their family and friends and I suppose it's raising that awareness around well if I'm looking for more support how do I find out about it but and that's, see, I suppose, where the brief yeah. support line come in a bit. Yeah, yeah. But I, I suppose, um, in the nicest possible way, and uh, talking about this, Amanda, you, men would be slower to go and seek or talk about grief than women, I would think. Maybe the stats aren't there for yeah. it. Um, but, a, again, th- there's no embarrassment about talking about grief. No, no, no. And I suppose that's one of the things we try to... I suppose that one of the research you spoke about earlier we found that one in two people struggle to know what to say to someone who's bereaved. So that's kind of one of the things we try to, I suppose, inform and empower people and encourage people to acknowledge someone who's been bereaved. There's no right words. There's nothing you can fix it. The worst has happened. They've lost the person that they're really close to. And it's about having compassion and just acknowledging that. And you can acknowledge it in lots of different ways, whether it's sending a text, sending a little postcard. Part of our Grief Awareness Week, we have these postcards that are free from Irish Hospice Foundation. And it just has on the front a lovely image and saying, I'm thinking about you. So it might be just popping one of them in the post to someone saying, uh, I'm just thinking about you, whether it's a recent loss or whether it's a loss from a couple of years ago. I suppose it's around just going, we need to acknowledge and be afraid. I suppose some people are afraid. You know that when you walk down the road and someone might see someone who's bereaved and they cross the road and it's not to be malicious or mean. It's like they just don't know what to say and they're terrified of saying the wrong thing and upsetting someone. And I suppose a lot of the message we get from people are bereaved. Look, I'm thinking about it anyway. You're not, when you bring it up, it's not bringing it to my mind. It's, I'm thinking about it anyway. It's there. 
But there's no point in skirting around or crossing the street when you see the person. Um, I came yeah, across somebody yeah. indeed who had a tragedy recently and I just basically, I, I met them and said, look, I don't know what to say, but I'm thinking of you. Yeah, yeah. And, and he just turned to me yeah, and said to me, yeah. but that's all I want. <laughs> you know, it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was no point to there me. There isn't a magic... And people kind of think, that some people think just, there has to be a magic sentence or there has to be a magic word, but it's not. It's just being there and being present for the person. And a lot of people kind of say to us, um, do you know, how can I, how can I help someone or, or what can I do and it's the first thing is the acknowledgement piece. And then it's around asking people what they need um, and then offering practical su- help or support. Mm. And what we kind of say to people, that people are normally great, you know, initially, the days and weeks. But some what people kind of say is, oh, everyone else goes back to their life. They go back to their, you know, their normal routine. But I'm still left here and that person's not here in my life anymore. So it's about kind of keeping in touch with people. And, you know, regularly kind of checking in. And even though people might not want to engage, you know, initially in the first days and weeks, still invite people to kind of engage weeks and months. When they're ready, they'll engage, but still put those offers in uh, and give people that chance or that opportunity to engage with you. Can I put the cart before the horse, if you don't mind, just for a minute about it, if you do? (laughs) Yeah, no worries. I'm I'm good at this, putting the cart before the horse. Um, but if you if you have somebody who you you're concerned about, or they're they're ill, or they're yeah. terminally ill, and or otherwise, um, am I correct yeah. in saying that if you spend time with them beforehand, before they pass away, and, and you you do what you want to do with them by talking to them, by telling them your feelings, uh, by being part of the journey that they're on, does that ease the grief when they pass away? For some people it does, um, and I suppose there's lots of different factors to consider when uh, someone is dying. You might have someone where the person who's dying quite openly wants to speak about it, and you have the person, the family member, or the friend willing to talk about it. Do you know, and it does, I suppose people do say, look, it's a chance to say goodbye, it's a chance to find out what they want and their wishes, and so the people do have kind of an opportunity. But for some, it's not that perfect, as in the person who's dying might not want to talk about it, the person who's the family and friend might not want to talk about it. So it's kind of a, a big kind of dynamic, but what we do find for the most part, it does, it is help. I suppose the bravery is going to be painful anyway, but sometimes that having a chance to say goodbye, having mm. a chance to have those conversations does help in, in, in grief okay. when you are grieving, when the person is gone. We'll give them details because um, they can get further details on those webinars and all that. I, I'll get you to give me that yeah, in, yeah. in two seconds. Uh, but a text just in yeah. on the screen in front of me now. Uh, Keith, I lost my mom two years ago today. It was sudden heart attack. I get this anxiety and fear since. I can't cope with church. Uh, I panic. I constantly worry over my own heart. Anything that you could suggest that could help? No worries. Well, I suppose one thing to know is that everyone reacts to grief differently. And we it affects us kind of emotionally, whether it's anxiety, overwhelmed, anger, physically as well. Um, do you know, some people do have chest pains or some people do have headaches. And I suppose the thing we kind of say to people, look, if you have physical symptoms, go to your GP and get them checked out just to be on the safe side. But what would be great is this Bar- Barry, is his name that texted in? Was it Barry his name? Uh, I think you said Barry was his name. No, no, there's no name on it, so there isn't, but yeah. Oh, oh sorry, all right. I suppose one of the things I would really recommend, we have a national breathing support line, and it's a free support line that you can ring from 10 o'clock in the morning to 11 o'clock at night. And that number is? And basically, is? they're trained volunteers. Yeah, it's one 800 80 
0818-333-777. And you know what? It might be all he needs is just to have a conversation with someone who knows a little bit about grief, how we kind of can react to it. And if he decides he would like to have a little bit more support, the people on those lines will be able to direct him to support in his okay. local area. But you know what? Sometimes people just need that conversation with someone outside their family and friends, just to sense check things. And can I ask you, where can they get details on the webinar and all that's um, going on this week? Yeah, if you go to hospicefoundation.ie, um, everything is up there on, on the website so that we have a free online event on Thursday and it's kind of public information around kind of grief and it's great for someone who's bereaved or also for someone who's supporting someone who's bereaved. So it gives you a little bit of an insight of how it can affect us. Um, and okay. then we also have that postcard as well. If people want to send it to someone who's been bereaved, um, just ring uh, 679-3188 and we'll post a couple out to you. All right, listen, well done to you. Keep up the good work, Commander Roberts. Thank you indeed for joining us uh, today on the programme. And a very good morning to you now. Let me move on. I want to go back to Patrick Green from Galway City Council, Director of Services. Uh, he's been crunching numbers and looking at high tides and or otherwise, and he gives us a full update now on the programme. Uh, Patrick, it's been it's been full on, more than Derek earlier on, it's been full on for the last uh, couple of days for you. What's it looking like today? Patrick, can you hear me all right there? Don't appear to have him there for some strange reason. Um, can I try and bring him over onto another line? Just bear with me one second. Let's see. Can I bring him up onto a, another line altogether and just see? Could I bring him over here and take a Patrick? Can you hear me all right now? No, we have a problem with Patrick Green there. So we have. Uh, let's see. Can we just get him on a different line altogether? Um, Keith, uh, this uh, caller said, "I'm I'm listening to you." And uh, as far as I'm concerned, free accommodation, free electricity, doctor and allowed to work. I know of one who has saved 15,000 since last September. We heard just yesterday about the local man that can't get a doctor. And uh, this is happening. Uh, Keith, I totally agree with that man. Nobody knows the trauma that these people have gone through. And um, there, but for the grace of God, go any single one of us. Uh, Patrick, can you hear me all right now? I can. Thanks, Eddie, yeah. for joining us uh, today. It's been a tough couple of days for you, so it has, and uh, another tough one in the offing. Uh, correct, Keith. Yeah, I suppose, look, uh, right now we're entering that yellow warning for today. Uh, this is the latest information I have. As you can see outside, it's quite windy and gusty at the minute. Uh, and later on this evening at 1700, we'll enter an orange warning for Galway here in the city. Um, so, uh, And that'll run through until uh, 12 o'clock midnight tonight. Um, and I suppose really what we're doing is we're asking people to, you know, uh, from that time on to stay stay at home if possible and, and take care unless you really need to be out in it. Um, uh, there is still a risk like of trees falling uh, because of damage done from the previous couple of days and there'll be a lot of debris around uh, possibly again. Um, and I suppose, look, at the moment our, our, our uh, current situation is that we uh, all roads are now open at the minute. Um, there is quite a level of surface water following the rain this morning. Mm. There will be some flooding as well because of uh, you know local uh, on the roads because of leaves and, and debris and stuff blocking drains um, and just asking people to be really uh, careful on the roads when they're travelling today. And can um, I ask you, you were, when I spoke to you early this morning, you were on the road very early this morning, you, you were number crunchy and you were looking at high tides and, uh, and that. Yeah, correct. Are, are they going to come together? So they're, they're they're fairly close. So what we're what I'll be saying to you, Keith, is this: uh, the high tide is at four o'clock today. Um, there's a surge of about half a meter expected. 
Um, and the, the, as I said, the orange one is coming in at 1700, but that can move, as we know, and it is even quite gusty as we speak now. Yes. So we, we will be, what we'll be asking people today is, there's a lot of people parking at the minute on the, um, on the Sea Pine Promenade. We'll be asking those people for themselves to move their cars uh, before 2 p.m. Um, we will be closing that road the same again from the roundabout down to the business school. We'll also be shutting Toss Car Park, we'll be shutting Salt Hill Car Park, and we'll be shutting um, Silver Strand Car Parks uh, and Barry Lock End uh, today as well, before 2 p.m. Okay. Um, now, that, that I'm really asking people to, to, because it's a working day today, so most of the storms we've had, funny enough, has been on the weekends up to now. So there might be people in there today at work that we really need to ask them to go out at lunchtime and move their cars to a safer place. Uh, before the storm kicks in this evening, if 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 they're going to be working up to four o'clock, yeah. we'll get over top, and uh, it's it's expected we will get over top in there. And, and would you be worried for the likes of Spanish Arch and the Long Walk area there, or do you think that? No, we we good. don't at this point now. I have uh, we are going into a national meeting at ten o'clock, um, and we'll get further updates uh, from them. Uh, and following that, we have a local coordination group meeting here locally. Uh, following that meeting and we'll make further decisions at that stage. Now, I ask people, to, again, we're going to be updating on our website, updating on social media, and updating through the likes of yourself. So people are asking people to be observant, keep listening, keep looking, and stay in tune with us, because things can change here as we go through the day. Now, and I know you're not met here nor otherwise, but I mean, the the winds which we saw on Sunday night, Sunday evening, Sunday night, were, were very, very strong, but we did have a... Um, a red stroke purple indeed warning in in that regard you do you do, do you think it's going to be as bad tonight well i, I look at it, orange warning is, is is a fairly severe warning mm. and people need to take heed of it um and and with the winds and particularly because we had the damage in the last few days and everything yeah. there is a risk here that we will see uh, further damage tonight possibly so really we need to take heed of it um the winds will be strong uh, there will be surges I mean, it's very clear uh, from um, from the national uh, guidance. Um, they're they're saying like essentially that you know large coastal waves and wave overtopping is expected. Uh, there'd be difficulty in travelling conditions as we're seeing, and debris, loose objects displaced. So like that's the message, um, and everyone needs to be. I suppose we need asking people to be responsible, not to be doing silly things, and uh, to, to adhere and walk with us when we when we close roads and car parks and stuff. So. Um, when the road is closed, Patrick, the road is closed. Don't be going around it. Exactly. Yeah. I still yeah. can't get over that on Dock Road on Sunday. I really just can't get over the stupidity of some people. Uh, Someone just yeah. asked him, do the council, city council have a test alert system? I don't even know what it is. Do you know what that might be? Uh, we we have um, we. I'd have to check it, Keith. Now I wouldn't no, be no, the one running that, but it, yeah. I can get to communications there to kind of, uh, give you an update on it for sure. Okay, just uh, I'm, I'm just getting something in, in here on the left-hand side as well in relation to uh, the Lisbon Civic Community Centre is closed today, Tuesday 23rd of uh, January due to the weather as well. Apologies for any inconvenience caused. So there's, um, uh, no, somebody said, is there a text alert? Uh, they got that wrong. To, uh, can they get text alerts? Um, we, we can check that through so we can. Let's get through today first and uh, yeah. let's get through this one Patrick keep strong and keep safe and uh, we'll talk to you hopefully for the end of the programme uh, Patrick Green Director of Services and the full team there in Galway City Council and you have to commend the team each and every one of them each and every man woman and child well not child perhaps but you have to you really have to commend them for just getting out of bed in the morning time uh, this morning 
and going out in weather like that to keep us safe from ourselves. Quite amazing, but there you go. Thank you to all involved in it, um, both in city and county council. Uh, because the work they do is absolutely tremendous, so it is. Uh, there's good few calls coming in. I want to moderate them during the 10 o'clock news. And speaking of that, let us take um, a short commercial break, head towards the 10 o'clock news and join the news team. And do join us just after 10 o'clock as well. And we're with you right through until 12 midday. <laughs> 